So I verbally pulled the pin on the grenade and threw it into the middle of the room by saying, we're here because I was unfaithful to my wife and had extramarital relationships with three women. And I've been addicted to pornography since I was a small child. And the room went silent. Has your marriage been shattered by sexual betrayal? Are you wondering if it's possible to save your marriage? Or even if you want to? Your story matters, and there is hope for your marriage through Christ Jesus. Welcome to Beyond Broken Vows podcast. I'm Johnny. I'm Emily. And friends, we've been where you are. Our marriage vows were shattered by adultery fueled by pornography. But through a commitment to recovery, our faith in God, and our hope for redemption, we set out on a journey of healing. Now our marriage is better than we ever could have imagined, and we give God all the glory. On our show, we'll talk through difficult topics, infidelity, porn addiction, recovery, and more. So if you're ready to move from pain-filled todays into hope-filled tomorrows, grab your favorite beverage and spend a little time with us. Marriage is redeemed. Hearts renewed. On Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Beyond Broken Vows podcast. We are your hosts, Johnny and Emily Spiegelmeyer. Hey there, everyone. So glad to have you back with us this week. And you know what? It's an early spring here in Central Texas. And we know this because our peacocks, they're in full mating mode. (laughs) They're showing off their glorious trains, not only to our hens, but all the inanimate objects in the yard. (laughs) I was out working on the property the other day, and I saw our big alpha male peacock, Bertram. He was showing his train and all his glories to a pile of rocks. What What's that all about? Yeah. He's ever hopeful. We have our hens penned up with the white males, and he is roaming around all by himself. So I guess he has to show off to whoever he thinks will watch. I don't know. It seems to me it's a little bit like talking to a sock puppet in your own hand. <laughs> mm, he's a sweetie, though. Anyway, enough about silly peacocks. We are excited to be here to talk about step 12 of the Sex Addicts Anonymous Recovery Program. Yes. Step 12 of 12. Right. But before we get into that, we are going to read a really nice review that we received from Melinda, and she titled this review, Healing from the Start. And she says, such great information to help newlyweds and those who have been married a while work through all those issues that cause broken marriages. You won't be disappointed. Thank you, Melinda, for that great review. Emily, she's so right. This isn't just information because we broke our marriages due to infidelity or pornography use or sex addiction or whatever breaks marriage. This information that we're passing on, if applied properly, works throughout the entire spectrum of marriages and from really the the beginning all the way through the relationship. Yes, and if some of these principles can be practiced before something breaks, all the better. Absolutely. So thank you again, Melinda, for that great five-star review. And you know what? We would just like to ask those of you who listen on a regular basis, if you haven't yet left us a review on Apple Podcast, we would really appreciate that you do that today. The more five-star reviews that we have, the more Apple will promote us and more people will get to hear us. So we would really appreciate that if you could take a moment to do that. 
Yes, that's so helpful. And men, are you spending a lot of time looking at pornography? Perhaps even hours each day for your own sexual satisfaction, only to find that it isn't as satisfying as you thought? Are you going back for more? Are you involved in a relationship, be it emotional or physical, with someone who is not your wife? Are you feeling out of control and don't know how to stop? You know, I was addicted to pornography from the time that I was eight years old, using the images to masturbate in order to manage my emotions in difficult times. When that was not enough, I turned to fantasy and ultimately to sexual relationships outside of my marriage. Eventually, I was discovered during my last adulterous relationship and my life and marriage came crashing down. The devastation that my destructive choices and behaviors caused brought betrayal and brokenness to my wife and to my family. I came to believe that I was a sex addict and I needed help to set my life and marriage right again. I found a recovery program and gained freedom from my sexual addictive behaviors once and for all. I want you to know that you don't have to go back to pornography or any other destructive sexual behavior to find emotional manageability and self-satisfaction. I have been pornography-free for five years now. My marriage has been restored, and my life is better than it has ever been before. Come right now to coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com and see if my coaching program is the help that you have been looking for. And for the month of February, we have a Valentine's special with discounts on all our coaching sessions, bundles, and packages exclusively for our Beyond Broken Vows insiders. So go to insider.beyondbrokenvows.com to get signed up for our weekly newsletter, and we'll send you the discount links right away. So Johnny, you have a question that you want to ask our audience today, right? I do. The question is, have you ever experienced a life-changing revelation that compelled you to share it with others and to integrate it completely into your life? This is similar to the impact of embracing recovery, and it is at the very heart of what we felt when we surrendered to Jesus. Mm. So today we'll explore the 12th step of recovery and how we can actively share our message while living out these steps in our daily lives. Sounds great, Johnny. So here we are again, ready to hear an excerpt out of the Green Book on the 12th step. Yes. So today's reading says this, working this program leads to a spiritual awakening. Our relationship to the God of our understanding becomes an essential part of our lives. Through the process of the 12 steps, we let go of ways of thinking and acting that are based on fear, shame, and isolation, and we learn to rely on the guidance and care of a higher power. When we first came to the Fellowship of Sex Addicts Anonymous, we may have sought only to stop acting out, but every step of the program contributes to a fundamental change in our outlook from self-obsession and control to surrender and acceptance. Our sobriety goes hand in hand with our spiritual growth. So before we start to unwrap this step for today, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us. Okay, great. Thank you, Johnny. Father, thank you so much for bringing us to this 12th step. All of the places that we've been in our minds, in our hearts, starting from admitting that we had a problem, to the place where we found surrender, to looking within ourselves to unwrap what went wrong, to finally taking all of those things that are wrong 
and laying them at your feet and asking you, Father, humbly to remove them from us. Father, we have been on this journey of making reparations and making amends to those that we've harmed. And now we are looking at doing all of these practices in our daily lives. We're so grateful, Father, for this journey, but even more grateful that it doesn't end with step 12, that it just continues on when we do these things every day. Thank you, Father, for walking with us each step of the way. And we ask, Father, for your grace and mercy as we covered step 12 today. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, Johnny. So here it is, step 12. Go ahead and lay it out for us. Right. Step 12 of recovery says this, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other sex addicts and to practice these principles in our own lives. Wow, that's a mouthful. Yes, it is a mouthful. So we're going to break that statement down into three components. The first one, a spiritual awakening. The second one, carrying this message. And the third one, practicing these principles. Breaking it down into three parts. That's a little bit easier to understand, I think. And so we're going to go ahead and start with spiritual awakening, right? That's right. Here we go. Part one is the spiritual awakening. And the dictionary defines awakening as a moment of becoming suddenly aware of something. And of course, in this context, we're talking about a spiritual awakening. Right. You know, we were once spiritually asleep is what it's intimating. Yes. And so now we are awake to a spiritual life that maybe we never knew before. Or for those of us who are believers and got ourselves caught up in addiction, we're seeing our spirituality in a whole new way, a depth of God that we never believed possible before because we were so self-absorbed and self-destructive. Okay, well, that makes sense. I guess when you wake up from sleeping, you're suddenly aware of your surroundings. <laughs> right. So that spiritual awakening can feel the same way. It can be like, wow, you know, I had never seen this before. Yeah, I think that in some ways, maybe many of us have experienced awakenings in different aspects of our life, not necessarily just here, but maybe when we came to Christ for the very first time. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, things just seem different. How is that? Why is that? I think it's because we chose to just see things differently, that we're not trusting our old ways, but we're willing to look at a new way that can help us to move forward. Well, sure. And when we accept Christ, we, of course, have the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us. And he's the one who hopefully is guiding our path. Amen. Okay. So the second component of this statement is carrying this message to other sex addicts. And there are many ways in which we can serve the community and carry the message to those in need. And we're going to outline seven ways that we can serve our community in this way. Number one, telling our story. Two, sharing recovery. Three, regularly attend meetings. Number four, start a meeting in an area where there is no meeting. Number five, talk one-on-one -on -one with a group member or others who need to hear what you have to say. Six, serve the recovery community with your gifts and talents. And number seven, sponsorship. Okay, that's quite a list. Why don't we go ahead and break it down? Right. So number one is telling our story. Storytelling is so powerful. Yes, it is. And you're a great storyteller. 
<laughs> I'm not so good at that part, but uh, I love your stories and it is a very impactful way to communicate. Right. And that's, in fact, exactly what you and I are doing here with our podcast is we are telling our story. Yes, we are. We're not telling anybody else's story because we're not them, but we are telling our story. Yes. And the idea of doing this is so that it can be of help to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And the center of our story is God and his story. That's right. Most importantly, where his story intersects our story. Right. So number two is sharing recovery. So in the context of sex addiction and when we're having these discussions is that we can tell our story, but now we have to tell others that there is recovery that is possible. You can get beyond this with help, with a structured program. You're not going to be able to do this on your own. Remember, we did this on our own for a long time. This meaning lived our lives. We tried to tell ourselves that we would stop. We would make promises that we wouldn't do this anymore. We may have gotten an accountability partner just to see all of these things fall short. But getting into a good recovery program where you can walk with many others is essential to finding our ways out of our addiction. Yes. And although I haven't been in sex addiction recovery, I have been living recovery through your program and experiencing what you're experiencing. And it's been very helpful to me as well. Yes, and it's been so good to have you be so open and, and uh, willing to hear what I have to say. You're welcome, Sadie. <laughs> so number three, regularly attend meetings. Once you get into recovery, regularly go to those meetings. It's so important not just for you to go for your own benefit, but others need you there. There's a saying in recovery that I've shared once before. It says, when you're up, the meeting needs you. When you're down, you need the meeting. Because you have something inside of you and your story that somebody else needs to hear. Mm -hmm. But the other side is also true. Somebody else has something to share that you might need to help you along your journey. And that's something you can really only experience when you come out of isolation and get into a group and do that regularly. I remember when we were going to our intensive and I found out that it was a group format (laughs) (laughs) and I was not too keen on that. No, you were not. I, at that point, was still so embarrassed and angry and I just didn't even want anybody else to know what was going on with us. And so to sit in a room full of other people staring at me and either pitying me or I don't know what I thought really, but I just was not looking forward to it. Right. But then you know what? We went through it. It was amazing. Yes. We were in that intensive with two other couples and the two counselors. Mm -hmm. And that very first session on that first evening, we all sat down in the living room together and we were kind of talking and the counselors started to break the ice. And it came around to the question for each couple, why are you here? And we were all nervous, just like you described Mm -hmm. about being there. And many of us were not comfortable in a group setting. The shares from the couples were like, we're here because every couple on our pastoral staff goes through this intensive and we're having trouble communicating. Mm -hmm. 
and another couple was having trouble integrating their two families together. A blended family, right? Yes. And then it came to us and you were not ready to speak. So I verbally pulled the pin on the grenade and threw it into the middle of the room by saying, we're here because I was unfaithful to my wife and had extramarital relationships with three women. And I've been addicted to pornography since I was a small child. And the room went silent. Yes. <laughs> you could see that the other couples had no idea what to do with that. Right. But here's the good news. Each one of those couples, by the end of that five-day intensive, came up to us and said, I'm so glad you did that. I felt so much more comfortable after that. And so by pulling the pin on that verbal grenade and throwing it out there, I inadvertently made it easier for the other couples to be more open. Yes. It gave them permission to be more vulnerable than maybe they would have been otherwise. Absolutely. And they did have much deeper stuff that came out that weekend. It starts with somebody having to be brave enough to be transparent and vulnerable so that others can follow that example. So I'm really proud of you for doing that, honey. Even though I was scared to death, it was a good thing. Oh, no, Johnny's talking again. <laughs> so number four in our ways to serve, you can start a meeting in an area where there currently isn't a meeting. You know, one of the things that we've experienced, Emily, now that we've started our coaching program and we do recommend Sex Addicts Anonymous or a specific sex addiction recovery program People are telling us they don't have them in their area. Yes, I know. That's really heartbreaking to hear. It is. And sometimes we feel our hands are a little tied, but this way to serve is one way that we can start to correct that. Mm -hmm. If you find yourself in a position of strength, you yourself can be the one to start the meeting and you can make connection with Sex Addicts Anonymous National in order to get the information you need to start that group. Right. Yes. And that leads us to number five. Talking one-on-one -on -one with other group members or even just with others that you may know are having similar circumstances that may end up becoming new group members. Yeah, we did tell our story at our local church. And since then, this was a few months back, you have had other men come up to you and reveal their dark secret. Yes, they have done that. But again, it took me coming from a position of recovery and strength because in the beginning, I was not ready to talk. Mm -hmm. But because recovery helped me regain some honesty and dignity and integrity back into my life, I could stand up in front of our church and announce to them all, hi, I'm Johnny, and I'm recovering from sex addiction. Yeah, very brave. It knocks down those walls that people build up to hide behind, and it gives them a chance to come out of the darkness and into the light. You know, it's kind of a much more intense way of just saying, come on in, the water's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the water's not great yet, but... Maybe it's just not as scary as you thought it was. Yeah, and we're here together. That's right. That's right. Okay, so number six of ways to serve, you can serve the recovery community with your gifts and talents. There are so many off-subject needs in a recovery community, like maybe a treasurer. Are you good with finances? Are you great at organizing events? 
just any number of ways that you could think of that your gifts could serve the community at large and then do those. Yes. And we've been to a couple of banquets for recovering sex addicts where they will stand up and tell their story to the larger group. Right. And that's not necessarily a gift or a talent, but it's something that is born out of experience and they're being courageous to share it. That's correct. Yes. Okay. So number seven on our list of ways to serve is sponsorship. You guys have heard me mention on a few occasions about my sponsor. Well, he had to be sponsored himself, and he had to make a choice to serve the community through being a sponsor, much as I have now made the choice to serve the community by being a sponsor myself. It isn't necessarily just a choice that I make. It's also something that we're strongly encouraged to do, not just to serve the community, but it has become an essential part of my own recovery. By helping another man through the process of the 12 steps, it helps me relive each step of the way myself and gives me something that I can not just teach, but guide through. And one of the greatest privileges I have as a sponsor is when I get to tell one of my sponsees, I'm not your judge. I'm your guide. It doesn't serve you well to lie to me because all I'm here to do is to help you move forward when things don't go the way you planned it. There's always another first step to take, even with a slip or even with a full-on relapse. You can always start again by taking that first step to move forward. And I am not here to judge you in that. Right. And that reminds me that we're going to be doing a show on slips and relapses. That's right. That's going to be a good discussion. I think that one's coming up in a couple of weeks. So you guys are not going to want to miss that because it really strikes at the heart of our marital relationships. In recovery, slips and relapses are a big deal. And you learn how to address them appropriately. What are the boundaries and the parameters? How is a slip defined and how is a relapse defined? It's not just as simple as one might think. And so we decided we're going to dedicate an entire show to this one. Yeah, it's going to be really good. So that was the seven ways that we can serve and carry out this message. The last component of this statement is to practice these principles. And to practice these principles simply means taking everything that we have learned through the previous 11 steps and just applying them to our everyday life, applying them at home, applying them at work, applying them everywhere we go, like a restaurant or to a store, really anywhere we interact with people, we get the opportunity to practice what we've learned. Yes. And after going through these 12 steps and you're not so self-absorbed anymore, you can really start to see people who are hurting and you can put them first. Yes. For example, when we go to a restaurant and maybe our server is not having a good night and in our entitlement, we could feel like, wow, that person was a real stinker. What's their problem? Man, wow. What an attitude on that one. How many of us have, have said those words, right? <laughs> but instead of feeling that way, maybe we stop and say, hey, how are you doing tonight? And maybe they'll give you the cold shoulder, like, I'm all right, it's all good. you know. Or they'll say, you know what, it's been a really rough night and I'm worn out. But now you've just started a dialogue where you reached out to somebody else to understand them 
rather than just feeling put out because you don't think you're being served the way you think you should be. Yeah, I think that's where that humility takes place. When we look for opportunities to put others first. Right. Recently, there was an occasion where I had to go buy new lawnmower blades for my mower. I was in a rush. I was a little uptight because I broke a mower blade in the middle of the day, in the middle of a job. This immediately puts me in a state of stress and a place where I feel like I have to hurry and it's urgent. So I went to the supply house to get these mower blades. And the guy behind the counter was trying his best to find what I was looking for. And I had to help him make his way around inside of his own computer. And I was a little snarky with him. But instead of stopping and recognizing that, I just walked away. I purchased my blades and I just left. But it didn't take maybe three minutes down the road when I started driving. When the conviction of the Holy Spirit and my training through these steps said, you know what, Johnny, you could have handled that a little better. Now I had a choice to make. Do I turn around and go back and clean that up with that guy? Or do I recognize it as something that didn't go exactly right and remember to do it better the next time? So which one did you do, sweetie? Well, I wish I could say that I turned around and went back and cleaned that up because that would have been the courageous thing to do. But I made the decision to go ahead because, again, I'm still wrapped up in my own urgency. But I had decided that, yes, that was absolutely wrong. And I need to learn from this so that next time I get another opportunity, I need to apply it and work it better. Yes. And the fortunate thing is that we always get another opportunity in this world, don't we? As long as there's people involved, (laughs) we'll get another opportunity. Yes. So here's our word for today. Emily, what do we have? This one comes from Micah, chapter 6, verse 8, and it says, He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I love this verse so much. It helps me to center on what my real purpose is, because it says flat out right here, this is what the Lord requires. Mm-hmm. There's no guesswork there act justly, love, mercy, and walk humbly with God. This is at the center of what it is to recover. You get these opportunities to act this way, to be just, to be merciful, and to be humble. Mm -hmm. And that's all what we've been learning. So here's the hope. Because we've been shown by God what is good and understand what he requires of us, we have hope to give others. Yes, that is so good. So I'm just going to go ahead and close in prayer today for us. Awesome. Thank you. Heavenly Father, this has been quite a journey through the 12 steps. We are so grateful that you were with us each step of the way to show us these nuggets of truth, these spiritual truths that are hidden within, that we could understand you better and we can understand who we are through you, our identity. Father, it's been so good to share this journey together with my husband. The recovery that I have seen in him is incredible. And Lord, you've changed my heart as well through these steps and through watching Johnny recover. And so I'm so grateful for this program. I'm grateful for your love and mercy to have given this to us. And we want to give it to others so that they can experience that freedom, that joy, that redemption that we have found through the 12 steps. So we thank you. We praise your name. 
And we ask for the power to continue to carry it out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so Emily, help me recap the second component of step 12 of recovery, carrying this message to other sex addicts. Okay. So number one is telling our story. Yes, and we're doing that. And I know a lot of people won't do it this way (laughs) on a podcast. No, and that's certainly not what we're asking. No, but when you do go through some healing and you're on a path where you feel some strength, I know that the Lord is not going to let your story go to waste. He wants you to tell it. And number two, sharing recovery. Right. It's important to share what you know. Yeah, so other people can learn from your experience. That's correct. Number three, regularly attend meetings. Why? Because people need you, and you need people. Right. And number four, start a meeting in an area where there is no meeting currently. Taking the time to initiate something that can be so powerful in reaching others who need help as well. Number five, talk one-on-one with group members or with others who need to hear what you have to say. Yes. And six, serve the recovery community with your gifts and talents. We all have gifts and talents to offer somewhere, somehow. So find a way to apply that in your recovery community. And number seven, sponsorship. Sponsorship is such an important part of not just guiding another person through the 12-step process, but is also integral to our own recovery as well. Wow. So there we are. We're done. Yes. 12 steps. Right. And man... (laughs) it's been so good. We have come such a long way on this journey. Right. And once again, we would like to leave our listeners with something to think about. Yes. So today we have given you a list of ways to serve, but what are some of the ways that you can think of to take your personal recovery to others? It's a good idea to maybe take a few moments and jot some things down. And also in our show notes, we still have that link to the questionnaire that will help you determine for yourself whether you may or may not be a sex addict. It's a great short questionnaire that really cuts through it and will be very helpful in helping you determine that. And with that in mind, I also want to encourage you to go get yourself a copy of the Green Book of Recovery from Sex Addicts Anonymous. It is the foundational guide for working through the 12 steps of recovery from sex addiction. And so we have dropped that link into our show notes as well. If you click on that link, it'll take you right where you need to go to purchase that book. Yes, and we also encourage you to protect all of your devices with the app called Covenant Eyes. It's a great step for protecting yourself from the harmful parts of the internet and also an important step to showing trustworthiness to your spouse and family. You can use our promo code BBV to get 30 days for free. You can find that link in our show notes as well. And if you're currently in Sex Addicts Anonymous, we encourage you to keep in contact with your sponsor. But if you're not currently engaged with any recovery program and you need some help moving forward, book a coaching call with me at coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com and I can help you get started. So Johnny, do you have a final word from the Green Book that you want to share with us today before we go? I do, and it's so encouraging. The Green Book says this, We maintain our recovery by working a daily program in the knowledge that although we can never be perfect, we can be happy today. We can live a life on life's terms without having to change or suppress our feelings. Our serenity and sobriety grow as we continue to live according to spiritual principles. 
We enjoy the gifts that come from being honest and living a life of integrity. We ask for help when we need it, and we express our love and gratitude every day. We realize that everything that we have been through helps us to be of service to others. We learn that the world is a much safer place than we had ever known before, because we are always in the care of a loving God. And to that, I say a hearty amen. Yes, amen. I'm so grateful for the 12 steps as well. So be sure to come back next week because we're going to do a wrap-up discussion about all 12 steps together in the journey through it. So until next time, Marriage is Redeemed, Hearts Renewed on Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. And before you go, if this podcast encouraged you and you're feeling some hope for today, please share this show with someone else you know who's going through a similar situation and needs to know they're not alone. One of the best ways you can help us reach more people is to leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And as always, we would love to hear from you with questions and comments. Just email us at support at beyondbrokenvows.com. As you walk out this journey one day at a time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace.